into the haunted chapel. It's like church, but for metal. Here are your hosts, John Araya and Brittany Elliott. Welcome back to the Haunted Chapel. I'm John. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Brittany. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for tuning back in with us. It's been a little bit, uh, so we're kind of, our schedule's not... We've been working. We're, yeah, we're not on schedule. We're not like on any kind of schedule. We're just, we put these out when we can. We have the time because yeah. we're pretty busy down here. Thank you all. Who, yeah. Everybody that gets tattooed and um, supports us, supports us at the Haunted Chapel and supports our art and giveaways and tattooing. And tables. We've given away a lot of cool tables to mm-hmm. people that have entered the giveaway. So that's really cool. People are finally starting to pick them up. Come pick them up if you want. Yeah, Our house get is getting full. Yeah, come get them. Come get them. They're just they're kind of just sitting around like, all right, yeah, right? This table. I want to use them. Mm-hmm. We want to keep them because they're so cool. Yeah, they're like little pieces of art. So follow Heavy Metal Tables at Heavy Metal Tables on that note. Little plug for the table business. That's right. Da-da-da. Yeah, so I've been pretty busy doing that. Yeah, and, uh, make it so that the weather's getting nicer so <clears> I can <throat> finally get outside and like sand stuff and spray paint mm-hmm. and work in the garage. That's so super nice. So Yeah, it's getting it's getting nice now, finally. Right? Yeah. But we had the opportunity to talk to somebody super cool. Um, it's been a couple of weeks now, but it was, um, well, should we spill the beans on who it is? Yes. Well, very influential base tech, just like Johnny. Oh, yeah. thanks, baby. He is the God of Thunders base tech, yes. Michael Berger. He's awesome. I had the opportunity of um, just bumping into him on the Kiss Cruise. I was getting a coffee, and he's like, hey, King Diamond, talking about my King Diamond tattoo, and told me about how he toured with Destruction back in the day on the Abigail tour, I mm-hmm. believe it was. And um, anyway, we were just talking about metal. I didn't know who he was. Cool, cheers, yeah, coffee. So Kiss Cruise takes off. Then I see him like giving out pics on stage. I was like, oh, I guess he works for Kiss. So anyway, we asked him to be on the podcast, and it turned out that he and Johnny have a ton in common oh, and yeah. are um, around the same age. And yeah, it was it's pretty great. cool story. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. really cool story. But without giving you guys too many spoilers, yes. we're just going to go ahead and introduce our awesome friend, Michael Berger. All right. <laughs> Sorry about the confusion there. <laughs> hey, no, hey, no problem. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. How you doing, man? Great. Yeah. Um, had a good uh, night last night. We went out for a nice dinner here in LA, and yeah, it was good. Early morning. I get up early lately, so good. Hey, that's the best. Yeah, you that's take advantage of the day. You know, you get a lot more done. Mm-hmm. That's right. Awesome. Look at you in your little cage. I love it. <laughs> our little our little metal cave here, the haunted chapel. <laughs> oh man. I'm telling I, I tell my wife all the time, um, I'd like to get another, you know, when I grew up, we all had our rooms, right? The posters and 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 all the good stuff. And some people continue doing that. And I at some point stopped because I have so much shit everywhere. <laughs> and I, I don't have a dedicated room where I can, you know, I mean I got my desk and whatnot, but it's not that I have like the true metal cage like I used to have, you know. Right. Hey, I know someone who's a great decorator if you need my service. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, you must have yeah. you must have some really cool memorabilia and and all kinds of stuff from all the all the touring you've done over the years yeah a few items here and there that uh that i cherish yeah like some guitars and wow. uh some amps because obviously i work in that industry uh-huh. and I, I was a uh artist relations guy for a german amp company for about 10 years oh wow awesome. okay. so yeah 
Um, yeah, you know, I I was collecting posters when I was younger, right? A lot of Kiss posters, a lot of concert posters. So I have a, they are all over the place. I just got to sort through them at some point. You just bring them home. You put them in, especially with the Kiss guys, right? There's like these posters every night made, you know, for like, say, certain venue or they, they there's pretty cool ones too, as you know, right? So trying to snack a couple of these over the years and then they end up wherever. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a closet full of posters yet. And we have like some put aside that we want to frame. There's like, what? How many do you think that we have? Well, I'm converting our spare bedroom into an all kiss cave. So (laughs) if anyone stays with us, they better like kiss. So otherwise, they can sleep on the couch in the living room. (laughs) But um, first of all, I, well, I just wanted to introduce you to, since you don't know each other, Johnny. This is Michael. My John, yeah. Johnny. I know yeah. both of you, luckily. It's a pleasure, to, pleasure meet to meet you, John. Good, good wow. to meet you virtually. Cheers. Coffee um, cheers. Heard a lot about you. Britt Brit talks highly of you. She says you're awesome and you're really cool and, and a nice gentleman. So. And I met you drinking I coffee. That. I appreciate that, being being cool with her and, and helping her out and kind of just kind of keeping your eye out for her on their Kiss Cruise. That was, that was really, really cool. cool. Totally. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it's... It could be the opposite, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, no, pleasure to meet you, John. I um, obviously uh, bumped into your brother a couple of times over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he does not remember me, but um, <laughs> we, uh, we've we done a few shows with Slayer. And then when I was younger, uh, we when Slayer came to Europe for the first time, we crossed paths there because uh, – Destruction was the first band I've ever worked for because we grew up in the same town down in South Germany. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how my career started anyway, awesome. right? Um, so I was all in, into, we were all listening to the hard rock and metal stuff that came out in the 70s and then mm-hmm. early 80s and just hang out like everybody else did. It was a great scene, right? Right. And then uh, Destruction at some point got the uh, notification that they're going to do a tour and opening up for Slayer in 85. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Slayer came to Europe for the first time. So that was, that was a great time. So, um, so everybody was young, you know, and ready yeah. to go. So, John, were you there? <laughs> so, so were you there in 85 with them? You guys? On that, mm. on that tour, the German tour we did? Yeah, but only for a partial time because I had, a reg- I had to go to school and had a regular job. I was like 16 <laughs> years old or something, right? Wow. Uh, but I listen. was... Yeah, possibly. So did you go? Did you? Uh, yeah, I was there. You I were was, on that tour? I was doing front of house and backline for them. Oh, nice. So that was yeah, yeah. In 85, I was 16. We're the same age. Awesome. Same age. Oh, f- wow. So we were in the same room and we worked together, but we had. So we probably, totally. we, we probably met then years ago. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> some pic- There's some pictures floating around. I know Shamia is still posting stuff here and there Yeah, the, about the, that time frame. The party mm-hmm. in the hotel room, yeah. That or hanging, hanging, uh, we're <laughs> hanging pizzas to the ceiling. Yeah, we were hanging Tommy. No, that was no, that's, that's a <laughs> that's different one. Time. We were hanging mm-hmm. Tommy over the edge of the window because he was so wasted, he was just throwing up everywhere. And the guys were so <laughs> wasted. And it, there's photos of like, like us pointing at all you see is Tommy's spandex butt, his spandex pants and his butt. <laughs> and he's just like leaned over, hunched over this window, just puking his guts out. We're like, <laughs> oh my god, you're so that's amazing. You were there, that's cool. Oh, yeah. so at that time you were already doing front of house for them? Yeah. Wow. I did, I did front of house and, uh, well, I went out and mixed their sound, but then like, say like if there was an issue on stage, I'd have to 
run all the way up to the stage and do whatever it was and then run all the way Double back duty. down. Yeah, because it was just... It was, it was like a... Okay, so it was like a, a just a one-man crew kind of thing? I forgot. Pretty much, yeah. Like one tech. Well, but, um, yeah. We had, a, we had a, a tour manager, but back then we we called him a tour guide because yeah. we, <laughs> we didn't know what tour managers were, so he just kind of guided us. He had the map. And uh, yeah. we had a... Uh, um, a uh it was a mercedes and it was you know a passenger and then the back for the gear and it was mm. it was on the right hand side like a uk uk vehicle so oh no yeah so none of us knew how to drive stick <laughs> on this side so yeah uh since dave lombardo was left-handed he's like you drive <laughs> so he's like, right. so he was driving left-handed Did he no nail problem. It? yeah no problem at all that's awesome but yeah it was it was me uh, backline like tech, and then we had a uh, Doug Edman, the tour manager, and KJ. Uh-huh. Da- Are you familiar with KJ Dalton? Yeah, that rings a bell to me. Yeah, from he, that uh, time frame, he started the uh, Metallica uh, fan mm-hmm. club back in the day. Mm-hmm. He came with us, so it was just the three of us and the band. It was so very small. That's yeah, that's cool. It was a small club tour. Yeah, it was very um, small. And then later on, which wasn't the funnest. Uh, time for for destruction because we opened up there was like an opening act that um couldn't uh, continue the tour uh on the um few years later on uh raining blood or whatever it was uh-huh. and then they called destruction to fill in but it was just a nightmare because at that time everybody progressed already it was more professional slayer had like bobby schneider as a you know, and and it was more business like, right? And yeah, and they didn't treat us uh, the way they did back then in '85, right? If you, oh. it was it's it was all like we it wasn't the band's fault or anything. It was just, yeah. um, it was bad. I think we lost like bass drum channels, and you know, it was at that time, and people were still, uh, like the road crew wasn't really looking out for the opening act so much at that yeah. time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how that's how it was back in the day. You know, you had opening bands. Yeah. You, you didn't really like. All right, you got you got five minutes to set up and sound check, and doors are in ten minutes. You know, right? Yeah, and we don't want to see you guys here uh, until three o'clock or something. Then you can come in with all your gear. Yeah. It was more strict, right? When we, I learned that when uh, Destruction opened up for Motorhead, they were like very strict too. But Lemmy always treated us very nicely. Yeah, um, they were also under the same management at the time, but um, it was more strict, right? Yeah, yeah. It becomes more like a business, so you kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, time is money, so they like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the schedule. Like comp- uh, competition, right? Yeah. Also. That's don't a- make them louder. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want them to sound better than us. We're we, headlight. Yeah. You can't be louder than Lemmy. I don't think anyone can be louder than Lemmy, though. That yeah. was <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Uh, what I think this- is really cool about the two of you is you, you guys, you're both bass techs for two of the biggest singers and bass players in the world that use pyrotechnics, and you're both stage right. So I think that's really cool. You know, you guys yeah. have a lot of parallels in your in your professional life. So John, base tech, are you base tech for whom now? For- uh, right, right now I'm doing. Um, I do. I work with Danzig, the Steve Z, mm. bass player for Danzig. Um, he was also one of the original members of Sam Hain. Um, mm-hmm. And I also I do guitars for Doyle or the Misfits, the original ah. Misfits. So there's mm-hmm. only there's only two gigs I'm doing right now. Um, you know, the, they don't because they don't tour. They kind of just do like you know a week here. Danzig will do like two weeks, 
the misfits mm-hmm. they just do one-offs here and there but i mean i guess if there was like a a, a cool gig or, or or something that was worth that it had to be enough to get me out of my house you know yeah i hear you you know because uh, i i like i like being home and i like you know we're here we're trying to um get our podcast up or trying to get our mm-hmm. small, small business going so I like to spend as much time as possible at home and help Brit and stuff with her table. Of course. And, and so he be, likes my home cooking too. I love, yeah. I just really, it. yeah. It's, it's amazing. She can open the, I call her my, her, the little kitchen, kitchen wizard. wizard. She's a kitchen wizard because she can open the fridge and, like, okay, what do we got? And it's like, make something. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Well, you've seen my tables. I turn trash into treasure. I do the same thing with food. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great, man. Hey, so, lucky man. Yes, Aww. I'm very, very Thank lucky, very fortunate. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful that uh, Brittany's in my life. She's an amazing woman. Thank you. Aww. Awesome. So I met Johnny because um, he wanted to get tattooed by me. He found me online um, just searching like heavy metal tattoos. And I met him because he wanted to get a Slayer tattoo on the last Slayer run. So I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you, do you have a kiss tattoo or would you? I have no, I have no, tat- I have I no tattoos. That's I thought you had told me you had none. On the, would you I'm one of those guys. You guys, you're probably going to go, oh my God, what's wrong with him, right? No, but, I have um, enough for both of us. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the artwork. I love everything, especially on what you do is really cool. Um, it's tasteful and I, I can admire all that. Yeah. I don't know why I've never uh, moved forward with that. I don't. Yeah, I remember Shmir had one back in the day. He started with one and then he would just go crazy over the years, right? He said, I don't know what it is. You can tell me it's one of those you're addicted to it. You want more, right? You can't stop with one. It's It's got to be some sort of a cool feeling. That just hasn't uh, gotten to me just yet. I don't know. Yeah, I think with me it was like um, I was just obsessed with rock and roll as a kid, and mm-hmm. my mom ran away at fifteen and got a rose tattooed on her breast because she loved the Paul Stanley rose, and you know, really? just, just, she got tattooed by Lyle Tuttle, who's the one that did Paul's tattoo. So I was mm. always like looking at that tattoo on my mom, and then just collecting metal mags and seeing you know, Paul and all these old school rockers, Stevie Ray Vaughan and stuff being all tattooed. I'm like, man, they look cool. So like, since I was a little kid, I knew, always knew that I wanted to be tattooed. So I think some people get that bug and then some people, they just don't, they're like, ah, I never really thought of anything I'd want on me, you know, forever. So mm. yeah. I remember showing uh. you um, a picture where I'm dressed uh, on the cruise. I was like, oh yeah, I'd like to dress up as Peter. And I showed you a picture. You're like, that's you? I've seen that photo. You have all my friends tattooed on you. Totally. That's a good photo. That was a really good photo. Thank you. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool when no. you can say like, kiss, oh, those are my friends. <laughs> Especially growing up in the Kiss Army. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, what's that like to work with like those guys who just, I don't know, they're just iconic legends. Uh, I mean, nothing, way. nothing but like, gold records and singles are just they're just mm-hmm. like a, uh, such a, a huge amazing uh entity and, and i mean how are they like in person are they like are they just like down-to-earth guys they're, i know they're business-wise or business savvy they're probably some of the smartest businessmen ever um but how are they like personal to work for are they really are they cool are they just like dudes or it really depends on the setting, right? When we, I, I, first of all, I've been with those guys for 14 years or so. Wow. And cool. it took me a long time to get used to the dynamics and how they work because I was used to English productions and maybe not as professional, not as powerful, right? I don't know how you want to call it, but um, 
uh, once you're in that kiss cycle, um, there's so much going on, right? There's management, there's middle management. It's too many people that are involved and you got to find out and focus on what's in front of you and what's important and stay in your lane. And, you know, there's certain politics that are going on. I think that's like with every Metallica, the big ones, right? Yeah. There's so much going on, right? And you're like working with the guy directly. Yeah. Um, you got to keep a certain professionalism and distance and of course. maybe mix it up with fun as well because Gene and Paul are funny guys. They crack yeah. me up. You know, they like <laughs> that. When, when we at rehearsal, they just, we have a good time, we laugh because there's no stress level, right? Yeah, yeah. But you always have to be very careful. You, you're always on your toes in a way, right? Yeah. Um, and just always be prepared. Uh, right. and anything can happen, but working for Gene, as soon as he's in character, it, it turns into showtime business, right? Yes, it's, yes. It, it's, war, it's wartime. It's like, yeah, this is my show. It better be right. I pay for all this shit. Yeah. And then I'm the first one that hears it. So it can, <laughs> you, you can't be the, you can't be like light skinned, right? You can't, you can't be like sensitive and, yeah. Go go to the tour bus afterwards and cry cry yourself to sleep, yeah. because it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I bet. So, but no, they they cool guys. Just don't, you know, Fuck don't don't up. step out of line, right? Don't. Yeah. Some some guys make mistakes. They become comfortable with. They think, oh, the guy likes me a lot. You know, he's making fun with me, and oh yeah, I'm special, right? And then. But he does that with everybody else too, right? right? It's like a kind of a, I wouldn't say stick or whatnot, but it's uh, you see through it after a while, right? So yeah, don't get too comfortable. But yes. you know, I've been I've been there long enough, and I know what 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 it takes to uh, get that longevity factor, right? Like there's so many people get fired and hired right it, it happens all the time i've seen guitar techs come and go and that really is where you separate yourself from you know anybody can tune a guitar kind of and can figure things out you have the basis down and you can you can do a kiss show no problem right but yeah. um working for gene is like so much stuff's going on during the show yeah. and everything has to be happening at the at the right time you yeah. can't forget stuff you have to make notes you have to uh you have to be on top of your game right mm-hmm. and then the, I, w- I'm, I was yeah. gonna say especially because you're in charge of the you're in charge of the fire and the blood and and everything yeah. right yeah that's, a, that's sold a stage plate bases right they sell instruments and sell them for a lot of money and you know you gotta gut the gut the whole instrument and set it up from scratch i can do a lot of these things ahead of time here in la and then they ship them out right and i see them on the other end but sometimes there's stuff on the fly right mm-hmm. but you know you always have to have enough uh electronics with you you know you have a b and c rigs as you know john yeah. um and that stuff you, you're in south america oh i forgot this you know you can't yeah, exactly. do that yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah especially like a like a like an enterprise or a corporation like kiss, you know, it's so massive. And like I said, time is money, man. And and you got to be on your game for, for that kind of environment. Especially and- for the king of money, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And there's differences, right? I've said that numerous times. There's, I mean, I worked for Glenn Tipton with oh, Judas Priest, whoa. you know, Holy smokes. For about two to three years. 
amazing nicest people right but yes. very typical english right they're so nice same with deep purple i've been oh. with those guys four or five to six years and wow. worked for roger glover and then steve moore's that's a completely wow. different uh, uh, uh world right yeah you have glenn tipney is like plays two guitars and it never breaks a string and it's like really in a way very easy once you worked for gene and kiss and you work for someone like priest the camp everything has to be professional with them too don't get me wrong and it has to be right but it's just not so much stress right it's not yeah. so much machinery and craziness right, right. it's like, more mellow laid back yeah. all right we all hang out on the day off we go to the, see you at 7 30 at the bar and then let's see you. and that's like the band as well not maybe so much rob halford but you have Glenn, you got Ian Hill, you know, you got uh, Richie Faulkner, and we go out and have a meal together. And it's a family, more family-oriented yeah. uh, environment. Whereas Kiss, you know, you, you rarely go out with Gene, you know, and have a meal. That's not happening really. Right. Um, it ha happens occasionally, but... Well, I recently um, had the chance to um, tattoo uh, Rob that is Andy Sneap's tech, and he's a friend of ours. And so mm. he was like, I really want to get tattooed. And Priest always plays two nights in a row here in San Antonio because that's one of Halford's, you know, it's one of Halford's favorite cities. I know, Rob. Yeah. The heavy metal capital of the world, <laughs> as he would always say. And Priest, my dad always played. My dad was a drummer. And so I just grew up, my dad jamming, playing drums all the time since I was a baby and they always played never satisfied and he, he my dad loved rock and roller so rock and roller was always playing over and over and over i was when i was a kid so i just was enamored by that record forever obsessed with priests so when we got to know rob um he was like oh i'm coming through town i want to get tattooed and the set carpenter wants to get tattooed i was like oh my god how kick-ass right yeah, so and so cool. i t i finished tattooing all the crew and then rob goes oh I just got a text from Mariah. She wants you to come to, to the crew dinner. And I was like, oh, wow, awesome. Because Mariah and I have talked online about um, making something for Richie. I won't disclose what it is. But, uh -huh. uh, so anyway, so we're uh, just kind of, I was like, oh, wow, really? He was like, yeah, we're having a crew dinner. And he's like, the whole band will be there, except Halford. He prefers to just stay in his room and watch trash American TV. That's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was cute. But yeah, they invited me to go to um, this bar downtown, which ironically, my dad has passed, but my dad uh, was an electrician and he wired this bar. And so I was mm. like, what a cool thing that life came full circle. Like my dad did all the wiring in this bar, Mad Dog. And now I'm going to meet Judas Priest, one of my dad's favorite bands in this bar. I just thought it was just so cool. And then, so I showed up and immediately Ian Hill's like, oh, hello, who are you? You know, because I was the only person that wasn't. a nice guy. The nicest guy. And so, um, so who had told me, I think it was Rob had told me, um, that they call Ian Hill the nicest guy in rock and roll. And so <laughs> Ian was at the bar and I went up to get a water or something. And I was like, hey, I was like, my name's Brittany. And, uh, you know, I t he's like, oh, you're the one tattooing the crew. I was like, oh, my God, how cool. You already knew, right? <laughs> and so he, I go, I heard you're the nicest guy in rock and roll. And he goes, oh, there's got to be someone nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so cute. And so, yeah, I hung out with them for a couple of hours. And I'm not a big drinker anymore. And so I just, uh, they were like, yeah. oh, get a beer, you know. And I was like, I'm good. I'm going to make sure I'm minding my P's and Q's to make sure I can, uh, you know, just be here. What a, what an honor to just be a fly on the wall. But they were just all such mm. amazing people. And I'm like, I'm sitting in a room, standing in a room with Judas Priest and their texts and totally welcomed me and were just the nicest people ever. And then I saw Priest two nights in a row and had the chance to meet Halford. And he was just, he blew my expectations away and is probably the number one nicest 
hero that I that I've ever met and was just completely shocked by his presence and how kind and genuinely wonderful that Halford is. It's just, it was just really, really refreshing because, you know, I've met a couple of my heroes that I won't name that just they broke my heart. You know, a couple of them I have tattooed on me and they were just complete assholes to me. And it makes you kind of reevaluate your love for the band because of the personality that that, you know, that they are, you know. On that, it's not necessarily right. Um, again, when you go back in the older days, there was more of that. Um, there was a lot of idiots in the business, right? They thought they were larger than life, right? And then in 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 in, in hindsight, you think back, oh, that guy, that was always an asshole. Where is he now, right? Yeah, exactly. um, you have to be professional. You have to be treating other people the right way. And right. I was lucky lucky enough to work for a lot of cool bands. Dio Dio was another one, you know that Amazing. super nice. Um, you hang at his house, you know he appreciates his crew, and then it's this big community too, right? Yeah. We were just recently bumping into each other, Kiss guys in one co same compound as Judas Priest. Then the Metallica guys uh, came visiting, and that was in Denmark. Uh, the big festival there, and then everybody hangs out. All of a sudden, you see Gene talking to Rob, right? And then, Kurt, and they're they're all like together, right? It's all like this this big community. Um, I like that a lot. That's that's still that's still there, right? Yeah. Um, and Rob Hartford was always one of those guys that uh, he always talks about the metal community, right? He really means it, you know. I think it's not. Yeah. It's not fake and show, you know. He right. really loves. He loves it. He lives yeah. that lifestyle, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's a lifestyle for him, for sure. Yeah, lifestyle for yeah. me too. That's why we got a little. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. It's a lifestyle, you know. This 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 music, especially, uh, like I was saying uh, the other night, with uh, we we uh, talked to uh, some friends of ours in a band called Chemicals from Dallas, and we we're saying, mm. yeah, you know, it's a it's a small, it's it's a big. The music industry is so big, but it's also a small community you know like you eventually run in it and run into everyone you know you you meet all these people and you always see them down the road you know and you always want to treat opening bands support bands with respect because you never know like that could be your next boss you know what i mean yeah and just totally just to treat, just to treat people with respect because then it, it comes mm -hmm. back to you like say like you're working for a band and their head the band that support band is now a headlining band and like hey i remember you, you were always cool mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna take care of you you know it comes it, it happens it happens to us when we do obscure things like the Howard Stern show or we played the whiskey mm -hmm. uh, uh with kiss right we put all this stuff in the whiskey and the and everybody was wow. the, the 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 local guys were scared oh kiss gonna come to the whiskey they're gonna be assholes and the crew is probably gonna be arrogant when everything else was it was different they still talk about it now sometimes they go to whiskey ah burger Oh, those guys were so nice and so professional, you know, and that's how you want to, you leave that, um, that mark yeah. and it will spread the word around in the business. The, the Kiss crew is, they're really nice, the professional and Howard Stern, the crew there said, you guys were so amazing. You know, we've had, we've all, we have different examples of crews coming in here and, and, you know, are not as cool and relaxed as you guys and you should be stressed out really with all the stuff you have but, mm -hmm. but we're not right we're like yeah, yeah we've, we've done this we're getting we'll get it done you know yeah but we treat people nice and yeah don't yell at them right yeah. no need yeah you know you, you get what you give you know you put that out there it comes back to you so 
Totally. I was telling Johnny when I came home from the cruise, I was like, you never believe who I met. He was so awesome. I was just bragging mm-hmm. on how cool you were. I was like, we have to get him on the podcast. He's the coolest dude because I feel like you guys are pretty similar. You you stayed humble. You've done so much cool stuff with your lives and worked for so many iconic, legendary people that so many people would, you know, kill to meet or whatever. But you stayed humble and kind and Something that a lot of people, I think, don't understand about you guys' line of work is that it's really difficult. It's really hard, and it's really hard on your body. It's really hard to be away from your families. You spend so much time away from home. Johnny doesn't have kids, um, but... Just uh, he said time and time again that, you know, I spent so much time away from my mom and dad and both of our parents are past. And I used to tour with a band called St. Vitus and some of Wino's other projects. And I feel the same way. And so I worked with uh, Wino for several years. And um, pretty soon after, you know, getting off tour and just starting, um, I started a heavy metal shop and tattoo shop right after that, my dad passed. And so then I start thinking, Uh man, like, you know, had I not spent those five years away touring and doing all the stuff, I could have been home with my dad. But you can't, yeah. li- you can't live without regret. But also, I think people don't realize like how much you guys really give up of yourselves and your life to be able to do what you do. Even though it is such a, it is such a rewarding job, and you get to meet all these great people. But it is, it comes with a lot of stress and a lot of, um, a lot of compromise. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John, you noticed, John, it, it was very, uh, in the beginning, super exciting. Yeah. It was, for me, it was like, I want to be at the highest league possible. When I started out with Destruction, for me, it was fun. We were fans. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be around this whole thing, right? Whether if it's me being a musician or I'm a tech guy that is involved in the industry. But I knew I needed to be there Yeah. Um, because I loved it so much. I was so... In- uh infected by the whole virus right and yeah. and then that's when i saw you Britt, and on, on the cruise <laughs> there, there was something about you that that reminded me on the old days you know what i mean i don't know how to explain it but it was so authentic and real thank you and i lost a lot of that along the way you know yeah. because i it's a business and you're around it all the time all of a sudden it turns into a job you no longer yeah the fanboy, but I still can be at times when I hand Gene the fire sword, I go, dude, especially when I'm in Germany somewhere and my, in, in some <coughs> arena where I used to go as a kid to see the bands, so but awesome. now I'm standing up here, handing him the torch yeah, that's so and, cool. and I'm doing it right. So cool. I got to, I got to remind myself that it's, it's a cool thing, right? You, yeah. you, that's, you accomplish what you wanted always. Yeah. You, you, you visual, you visualized it. You, you worked towards it and it took a long time. Yeah. So now we're here. It's the five zero anniversary of kiss. And I'm getting a little bit emotional too, because this is the last, wow. the last tour. And I'm a kiss fan as well. Yeah. I mean, I grew up as a kiss fan. Right. And here you are, right? It's kind of like a full circle thing. Totally. Now, John, did you work for Slayer throughout the years? I worked for them. Uh, I started in 85, 84, actually. We did our first, like, a van tour. We went up the coast to, uh, we went up to San Francisco, came back home, and then we we went up the, we went further up. The next time we went up to, all the way up to Seattle, and then came back down. That was in 84. And then we went, we did another tour. We went south. We went through southern part of uh the u.s you know uh arizona new mexico texas and then after that mm. um yeah 85 we did a our first uh kind of like major tour i guess with venom 
We supported Venom. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that tour. Yeah, 85. Welcome to hell. Yeah. And then That's 80, right. 86 was kind of like our first like real professional gig with our own production. We, all, we, had, a, we had lights. We had a PA. We had a semi with all the you know gear in it. And we had a tour bus. I'm like, man, this is crazy. And it was, it was crazy because it was only in a matter of like two years where we were touring in the Camaro and a U-Haul to mm-hmm. a trailer and a bus. I'm like, wow, this is just, it just got so crazy. And uh, in 87, uh, 87 on that Rain and Blood tour you were talking about, I, I had mm-hmm. to go back to school. So my dad was like, you got to finish school. You can't, ah. you, can't on, you can't go on tour. You got to finish. I want you, you got to graduate. You need a diploma. I'm like, all right. So mm-hmm. I stayed home in 87, but they also had like more professional. They had, like you said, Bobby Schneider came in and kind of like, all right, he's going to hire his own guys. Yeah, that's the way when that's that's when it becomes a business. Yeah, Yeah. that's when it's a business. So like, all right. So I, I, it's kind of like me having to stay home, but also, I wasn't going to get hired because this guy had his own crew. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, I stayed home, finished school, graduated, did all that, and then I got back with him in um in uh, 1990. Uh, Tom's like, hey man, come back, come back on tour with us. I'm like, all right. So I started again. Uh, So it was like, off and on, you know, from since '84. To nineteen to twenty nineteen when they did their final tour. So tell me, uh, else you work for? I uh, just uh, several over the over the years. You know, I, I did uh, after Slayer. I did uh, Slayer was my first gig, and then I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got with I hooked up with Danzig. When they like uh, about, ni- about ninety three, I worked, I started working with Danzig. Were you in um, in Sacramento when we uh, played with Kiss and Danzig was on the same stage? Yeah, yeah. we were there. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. you're the only person that I didn't meet. I was, I met. Um, what's Paul's tech's name? His new tech. Well, at the time, uh, TJ. TJ. So he was on the Kiss Cruise as well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we well. You didn't was, come see me. I didn't know you we yet. Had, we didn't know you. Yeah. So oh. I, Kiss Cruise was right after that, and so you're the literally the That's only person right. I didn't meet. And so um, I ran into TJ. Uh, well, at Aftershock, he's friends with Steve, uh, who's Steve Roman. Roman. Steve Roman. Yeah. 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 So he's good friends with Roman. Who worked so. for Slayer? Yeah, we toured yeah. together for several years, for at least three years. So he was a head. He was yeah. a head, he was mm-hmm. a head uh, crew, lighting crew chief. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've I I work with Steve. It's just yeah. crazy because <laughs> we we linked up with Steve at Aftershock, and then we went up, and TJ's shining up Paul's guitar and. Maybe I shouldn't say this might get him in trouble, but maybe he's already in trouble. But <laughs> he was like, you want to hold Paul's guitar? I was like, uh, 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 I Anytime. guess. And so I, he, they took a picture of me holding Paul's guitar. And I'm just like, like the picture of me with the pink diamond, you know? So, so I was like, how did I not meet Michael? But we were, you know, we were just there early before, mm-hmm. you know, before Danzig was setting up. And then I was kind of, I was working and helping set up Danzig's room and stuff like that. So I wasn't really, I don't really like to be back there. I feel like I'm in the way, even though Johnny's like, hey, well, out, you know, but. I remember the, the the day and the stage and everything. You must have been on stage right as well, right? We were on uh, stage left. We were stage day. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Steve Zing, yeah, he's stage left. So that's what we were hanging out. That's how we met TJ. You know, he was like, mm-hmm. we, were, we were like staring like, what's Paul's gear? We're like, oh. Yeah, and he had this, <laughs> this I guess, this uh, this poster of Paul that someone had given to him in his work mm-hmm. box. And at the end of the show, he was like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, hell yeah. So he gives me this poster. And then went on the on the um, cruise, he was like, man, you look familiar to me. And I'm like, dude, you gave me a poster of Paul at Aftershock. And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty nice. Cool. I think that's you're the, great. The only person I didn't meet, so uh, mm-hmm. they were saving the best for last. So. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love Roman. Hell yeah! yeah. Like when he yells around. 
So, Michael, um, so during COVID, is that when you decided to take on, you do real estate too. Is that when you decided to take that yeah. on? Yeah, because we mm -hmm. were like up shit creek without a paddle, for lack of a better term, because my tattoo shop got shut down. Johnny mm -hmm. had no touring, and we we're like, what are we going to do? We were, we moved to San Antonio when we had first met because my dad got sick, and my dad immediately passed. So we just rented a house. So we did, didn't know where we wanted to be. Johnny's from L.A. I'm from Texas, but we were just kind of like in limbo. Like, what do we do for money? Mm -hmm. and I'm a hustler. I've always worked for myself, tattooing and just making stuff. I had never liked working for the man, so I just carved my own path. Through You're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you guys do, do like, business-wise and all Financially, that. Financially, it's... We what I by. see, what I see is great, and I see a lot of potential in in that. You know, if you yeah do um, it the right way, I guess yeah. right. And yeah. I'm I'm not good with like um, the management side of things. I'm like I'm so nice that I'm like, oh, you like this? Uh, well, I spent this much making it, so just give me that much back. And Johnny's like, no, you spent two hundred hours on that. Why did you just mm -hmm. give that away? So if I had a manager, I'd probably be a lot more successful monetarily. <laughs> But I just want to make stuff and not deal with the money aspect of it. But yeah, um, you, then you need one guy that exactly. can do do that side of the business. Yeah. So what's it like going from like from teching to real estate and like do, when Kiss when Kiss ends, are you going to continue mm -hmm. to work for bands? You think, or do you think you'll just um, I need to figure out a way, and that's what I'm doing simultaneously to uh, set myself up. Yeah. for success in another area okay. and real estate makes sense for me um and i want to i want to uh, launch that business the right way you know yeah. mm -hmm. and it's it's there's a lot of similarities it's not everybody's cup of tea right there's um i want you to meet uh juliet she's from hawaii she's like you and maybe i should connect the two of you um She's a real estate agent and she's a heavy metal fan. Oh. And we created, she started it. She had to, she's the brainchild behind it, but we started this thing called heavy realty. Yeah. It's a net, it's a network program for people in the music industry that are loan officers now that are real estate agents. And we want to just create this network of, of uh, people around the world, if you want. Mm -hmm. And so that's another avenue, right? That we pursue to 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 throw each other business. Okay, someone like uh, what's his name? It's also for investors. Um, yeah. Chuck Billy, you know, had this, she did an interview with Chuck Billy, Testament, uh -huh. and there's a lot of musicians that are investors too, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they came to money somehow and they need to figure out where to park their money and things like that. So Juliet and uh, is is involved in that. Wow. But yeah, I want to I want to do good business here. I see a lot of similarities in real estate to what I do as far as providing a service goes to clients, right? And being professional at what you do and you need to find a way that people start liking you and refer you again to other clients. Mm -hmm. So it's a repeated business. Like with you, you you have these tables or whatnot and People order them. They think they're great. They want more of it. Hey, they recommend you and more business comes in. Right. right. So, yeah. but yeah, it's tough. Everything is tough. It is. Uh, you got to work your ass off no matter what. You got to be in the flow. You got to make calls. You got to be out there and 
while I'm touring, it's not really possible, but I see it in a positive way because I'm around Gene and other people and they know I'm doing real estate. So I feel like eventually there's going to be a time when all this pays off and it all kind of blends together. And, yeah. and that's the part staying positive in that regard. Right. Uh, it's important. Feel. Yeah. That's uh -huh. how we feel too. It's been, it's, it's been really tough for us. I mean, mm -hmm. since we got together, there's been a lot of like just personal things that have happened. And then, you know, people we thought we were going to be close to living here. They're just kind of, we're like later and, you know, um, we just kind of had some, like, a, just a lot of hardship since we got together. And it's mm -hmm. like test after test after test. Like, we got together, my dad immediately died. Then COVID hit. Then my brother was murdered. And then it was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, how much can... Uh, how oh my much God. A, a new yeah. couple survive together and we did and somehow we survived all of these crazy hardships but now we're just picking ourselves back up and being like you know what we can do this but it's gonna take and I'm, I'm teaching johnny this because he's always his thing is i need a paycheck and i've never had a paycheck because i've mm -hmm. always worked for me because i don't like working for the man i don't like spending eight hour, hours a day making someone else money when i know i've just got a crazy creative brain i'm always like what can i make what can i do next what's my next move and he's like man i've just never really been like i've never had to hustle i'm like baby i'm gonna teach you how to hustle we can do this on our own you can help me make tables and we can do this together but it, it's been really tough and mm -hmm. a lot of challenges but like you said you got to keep that positive mindset because I will get in a negative mindset and then I just, you know, I'll get depressed about my brother or something. And then I just like sink into a hole for four or five days. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Cause it's just so counterproductive to our growth and yeah. what we want to do in life. And it's life is so tough, but you just got to put in perspective. It can always be worse. Yeah. It could always be better, but, but you just keep the faith. And I think that what you have going on is really awesome. And like you yeah. said, eventually all of those irons that you're putting in your fire are going to, you know, it's going to pay off. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, it's been tough, especially since COVID, everything's so different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is, yeah. but we got to be uncomfortable to be comfortable one day. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, when you're uncomfortable, you grow and that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It, it's tough, but you guys went through all these hardships. That's the worst that can happen. Right. Family members and things like that. Yeah. Um, Ah, that's that's just a tough one, and then and we all have to face it eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have when you have children, it gets even to the next level of worries. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, it never ends. It's like a constant. How do you how do you make that happen for them guys? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, especially sure. <laughs> crazy world. It just seems like it's so upside down now. Oh, oh, it is I mean, the social media and 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 everything. The people losing their minds. You know, it's so. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God, uh, guys like us, right, John? We we grew up in an area in a in a in a in a time when things were just somewhat normal. I mean, it was crazy then too, but we were yeah, occupied. Exactly. Well, we didn't have the cell phones and the constant Not occupied like by this, you know. Occupied you know, like that. right now, nobody was doing Zoom. You were on a phone. Yeah. You, you send it. You send out a demo, you know, to Lars Ulrich, and then he sends one back and puts <laughs> some money in it. You know, snail yeah. mail. It's like everything's yeah. Wayne's World now. Like Wayne's World predicted the future. Everyone's just in their basement filming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like back, yeah, back in the day, there was, you know, like our first tour was like, all right, here's a map. Here's some phone numbers. Yep. All right. We better be there. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, pull over at McDonald's, order some, you know, a family chicken McNugget meal because we didn't have any money. Everybody right. gets yep. two nuggets, and then all right? There's, you know, there's my, my brother on the phone talking to promoters or Carrie, like, all right, I'm going to go to the payphone. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, hey, yep. what's up? You know, we'll, we'll be there. We're, you know, we're an hour out or, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It, was, it was different back then, you know. Or this, like like St. Vitus, for example, their first tour of Europe, um, they stopped at a truck stop in the middle of the night and left their lead singer at the truck stop and didn't realize until oh. eight hours later. So that's why well, then, he quit the band and they got wino. He's like, fuck you guys, because he thought it was a joke. And they're like, no, we just didn't know you weren't back in the van. But there's no cell phones to call and be like, hey, what the heck? So how did he get home? He had no money, like just like sheesh. being stranded in Europe. Like, oh my gosh, it's such a such it a happened. different time. It happened to, uh, to us uh, with uh, the band Sodom. You know, a funny story, Tom Angelripper, the lead singer and bass player, uh, it was like an overnight, we were on a tour bus and he was left behind. He just went to take a piss, went outside, no money, just shorts oh. and a t-shirt and flip-flops. And oh. and we were on our way from Gosh. Germany through Switzerland, Italy, and then down to wherever, oh Spain. God. And they had a show um, and nobody, nobody recognized that he was left at the gas station. <laughs> With no money and no no Close. no uh, no ID, no nothing, uh, and they, he had to figure out a way to finagle him to make a call to the agency in Germany. Hey, they left me here, and then you know nobody had a phone on the tour bus oh either. God. Until yeah. you know, like like classic story, like the way you yeah, just said. Exactly, um, and it's like how and, how long did it take for them to realize he was gone? Yeah. Probably eight to ten hours exactly. at least. <laughs> and then has anybody has anybody seen Tom? And then and then that was just a nightmare. And then oh. someone drove him. You know the 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 office the office called someone and said we got to drive him down to there. And it was just a whole wow. nightmare, you know. <laughs> but he showed up, and he was able to do. Like obviously later they were holding doors and whatnot, and then wow. he showed up in his flip flops and went straight on stage with the with the shirt and the shorts. Oh, no. Wow, he made the yeah. game. That's oh crazy. Oh my god, yeah. what a nightmare! How scary! Wow. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever get oil spotted? Um, once in Finland, but it was they they noticed right away. Right so away. Oh, okay. We were doing head counts. It was more of a system then. Yeah, you have to leave your laminate on the on the driver's on the seat uh, on the seat or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah, exactly. That's a yeah. I got I I was oil spotted once in uh, in UK. It sucked, man. Like at uh, least it was English speaking country. Yeah, we yeah. Think, but still, like, no, we had no money. We had, we mm-hmm. had nothing on us because we got out. It was a it was a um, it was like a truck stop somewhere in UK. Everyone got mm-hmm. out. And like, oh, man, we gotta get to go to the toilet. And the other guy was that was the two of us that went inside uh, while the bus driver fueled up. And then we were inside. We used the facilities, and we were looking around like, oh, I'm gonna get this chocolate bar because I had enough for like, you know, oh, look, I got some, mm-hmm. I got some shitters. I'm gonna buy, a, yeah, I'm gonna buy a chocolate bar or something to snack on. We walk out, and the bus is gone. Like, all right, we walk around the corner. There's no bus. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. so we had to take a taxi three hours to the um, to the. Mm-hmm. At least you have a we, and it wasn't just yeah. Me, it wasn't right? yeah. <laughs> if I was by myself, I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna go home for this. <laughs> this sucks. But you know, the the guy, the other guy was a sound guy, and I was just I was the backline tech, so we had to be there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's scary and it's a nightmare. But it's definitely a a real shitty feeling to be left like yeah. that. It's it's a terrible yeah feeling. yeah yeah. But uh, yeah, times have changed. Obviously, coming yeah. uh, circling back to. <clears throat> Uh, staying positive and yeah. there's opportunities out there still I mean mm-hmm. you got to put everything in perspective which is not always easy and also it depends where you are right where do you live is it doom and gloom all the time is it raining yeah. right 
because I remember growing up in South Germany, um, we had the music, we had nature and everything, but it was a certain, I don't know, it's just a certain feel, right? It was was different than LA where the sun shines every day. Mm-hmm. And you, you, John, where did you grow up in LA, you said? Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. What, yeah. what part? Um, it was a, well, I was born in a small town and we lived in Maywood, but uh, we moved to Huntington mm-hmm. Park, which is like about mm-hmm. south southeast of Los Angeles. So it was a suburb yeah. of LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, here it's more like, oh, you get out, sun shines, you're like, okay, great, right? Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when, and, and then we used to just stay inside sometimes and listen to music, smoke, and yeah. drink beer, That's you know, great. and I think just listen to music. That's it. <laughs> I think That's a lot always of, been my The life. new Slayer, the new Slayer. Listen to this and put it on. Did you hear Johnny put, on Hello Waits? Ah, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was you? Well, there's like a chorus. There's like maybe four or five of us in the background going, you know, "Join us, join us!" And it that's and, awesome. And then they played it. We, we recorded it backwards, so when you played it normally, mm-hmm. it's not like we're saying, uh, "Say not, say not, say not." Yeah, it's just saying, "Join us." It's really cool. But ah, uh, uh, that's awesome. I never right? knew that. Yeah, we were like the chorus. But we all were so like focused on that intro, right? We knew. Yeah. And then it kicks in. It's that's just like cool. the hardest intro. Yeah. Bam. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, there's a, it. if you listen to that intro now that you know, if you listen to it, uh, there's one, there's one in the background that's making all these funny gurgling noises. He's like, that's that's Rocky George from Suicidal. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And then the welcome back in the beginning is Jeff. He's like, welcome back. But he that's said awesome. it normally, and then they slowed it down. That's why it sounds all welcome back. Hell yeah. So it was a it was a it was a chorus from hell that was on that on that record. It's really fun. We did a lot of lot of gang vocals, you know, with the destruction guys. And nice. even just recently when I was in the studio with Allison Chains, they hey come on, Burger, come in, you know. And we're like the the, the last record that it uh Brainy, what's it called again? Brainy or something. Brainy or Fog. I was a part of that. <laughs> oh, you were love those, amazing. Love those guys. You know, the, great. I was never into crunch when it came out because obviously we were all mad. They killed our music, <laughs> killed you know. Metal, yeah. But uh, uh, now, in, now later on, working with with these guys a couple of years, oh my God, they're so good, you know. Check this. They're out. such such great musicians. Sorry for my and, unpainted toes, but I have Lane's tattoo. His little no way. Right here, right here, on the side of my. Oh head. my God! Look at that. <laughs> so, have you met them? Have you met uh, Jerry and Control? Actually, um, yeah, she got to meet Jerry. Yeah. I met him. I, I got to. I got to introduce her to Jerry. Uh, when was that? That was last year. Last year when he did yeah. the the tour for um mm-hmm. for the new record for Brighton, I freaked out because Degradation Trip is one of my favorite records of all time, and um it's been twenty years since he had toured, and I never got the chance to see him solo because I was born late, and uh, you know so I never really got to see Jerry. So Johnny introduced me, and I did this painting for him of a heart that said I'd like to fly, and it had Lane's tattoo. Blah blah blah. So I give him the I give him the painting, and it was a it was a quick interaction. But mm-hmm. he was like, "Thank you so much." He really like took in the painting. He was like, "Wow, this is Lane's tattoo. This is so cool," you know. And so um, I gave it to to Jerry, and then we recently we just drove up to Oklahoma to see him two weeks ago, and I made him a gift. I make you know make the tables, but I also make coasters as freebies to go with my tables and stuff, and sometimes just mm-hmm. as gifts for people. So I had pulled a bunch of live shots from the from the Cantrell tour from this tour and made a, a ton of coasters for the whole band just to have on the tour bus for fun. And um, so we saw him walk out, and I was like, Johnny, just text him, let him know we're here. And he's like, No, I don't like to bother people. I'm like, Okay, cool. So we'll we'll see him organically. So I go up, and everybody's waiting to get stuff signed, and he walks right over to me, 
And I was like, hey, Jerry. I was like, I made you a gift. And he was like, oh, cool. And he was just kind of on autopilot. And he like went to go sign mm-hmm. the top of the box. And I was like, oh, no, this is a gift for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is for you. And he goes, oh. And then he like he looked up and he goes, well, what is it? And he like looked at me like he recognized me, right? And um, mm-hmm. so he opens the box and he sees, he's like, wow, this is really cool. He's like, thank you so much. And so then he like went to go meet the next person. I put my arms out to give him a hug. And he kind of like looked at his like bodyguard and he like, he hugged me and everyone was like, hey, what the fuck? You know, but I was like, hey man, I brought a gift. I'm not trying to get <laughs> yeah, that's right. from him, right? Yeah. And so I walk away and Johnny was um, talking to some, some friends and in the mm-hmm. parking lot. So Jerry didn't see Johnny. And so... I was like, oh my God, yay, I got to give him my gift. I'm so excited. Like, what I, I mm-hmm. get real shaky around him. He's like one of my favorites ever. And so we're walking back to the truck, and I get tapped on the shoulder, and it's like Jerry's, you know, bodyguard or whoever he was. Security, Security maybe. Yeah. And um, he's like, hey, um, Jerry wants to talk to you. And I was like, huh, me? And he's like, yeah, he wants to talk to you a little bit more about your gift. I was like, cool. So I was like, oh my God, babe, I'll be right back. You know? And so I, I run over there, and Jerry's like, he's like, hey, um, thank you so much for this gift. This is so awesome. He's like, man, I recognize you. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, gave you, I gave you a painting last year. And he was like, the tattoo girl. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and, and then he like perked up and he was like, man, he was like, that's so cool. And I was like, Johnny's here. And he's like, Araya. Oh my God, that's right. You're Johnny's girl. So we put two and two together. Cause you guys meet so many yeah. people on the road, of course. Of course. And, then, and he's like, come on back. And he like got all super mm-hmm. excited. And I was like, what an amazing experience. And that's, that's one of my heroes in, in addition to Halford that I've met that I was just like, what an amazing human that stayed humble and has been through so much hardship. I lost my mom to a, a drug overdose and my mom was obsessed with Alice in Chains. So I have like a mm. kind of a weird love affair with that band because I truly relate to, of course. to that, you know, and a lot of people are like, I don't get it. It's such downer stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, I relate to the story. Mm. And um, so it's, yeah. really, it's really something that really is in my soul is that music. And sometimes like I, I'll just break down and cry because I remember hearing this song, yeah. these songs as a kid and seeing my mom mm-hmm. passed out on drugs when again was playing or whatever mm-hmm. in the background. And I, I still have these, of course, you know, just this, uh, th- that music is yeah, just music, ingrained yeah. in my heart and soul. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And I'm glad yeah. that you said that when you met me, you felt like such a genuine vibe. And that's what Johnny says to me mm-hmm. too, because I've lived this lifestyle my whole life of, always been into rock and roll mm-hmm. i've always collected records since i was a little kid and i'm glad that um you know that i was able to like carve my path through what i love and it, it's tough financially and awesome you know, but it's 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 very rewarding knowing that i stay good to myself you know good things will come to you i'm pretty sure yeah I'm very you. positive you. it's all connected you know yeah and um i think uh i'm not concerned about you about you and your your uh um, success with what what you love doing, and mm-hmm. there will be will be you want to see some results in the long run, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But you can't you can't give up, and you got to stay on track, right? Yeah. Um, Keep focused. And uh, with with the whole the the drugs and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I I just want to add this. I just decided to. Uh, I came back from a long year with kids, and we lost a friend uh, two years ago, Francis, who was Paul Stack. So I miss him dearly, you know, Uh, and uh, we were just going a little bit too hard on ourselves with alcohol and drinking and, you know, just wash things down after the show. And so I decided to just cut back. I I, uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, I am going to go to the gym. I work out. I eat differently. I cut back on alcohol. And so this is going to be my first tour here uh, uh, next week when we go to South America. Uh, where I'm just uh, have a different mindset with everything, right? Yeah. Because 30 years of 
remember when we started out, it was all about the boozing, the drinking, and, and the constant, you know. I, I never did heavy drugs or anything. Yeah. Maybe once or twice when I was working for a punk band, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know it's important to stay c- clear up here, right? Yeah, yeah. I think stay clean. Yeah, stay right. clean. Yeah. Let me. That's right. <laughs> what happens. With yeah, the- I wore this today That's for you. Right. That's right. Awesome. That's awesome. Nice. Hold on That's a sec. This 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 is like. Oh hell yeah! You see it? <laughs> Awesome. Oh, Red. Dude, that's awesome. What a great show. I remember when we bumped into Sepultura for the first time. (laughs) Same thing, right? They come from Brazil for the first time and tour in Europe. This is is another another one of those special times, right? Right. Because they were all all destruction fans and uh, it was a great time. Wow, that that must have been a party with those guys. And, and yeah. destruction and sepultura yeah. hanging out. Wow. South Americans totally, yeah. wild wow. in the best way. I saw that on the Kiss Cruise. It was like anytime they were like, uh, where's where's Argentina? Ah! You know, like <laughs> you totally. Know? So yeah, South America is pretty so i don't know if you saw but we're gonna ha- i'm very excited for this bill because there's a lot of friends that we're gonna meet. It's gonna be Kiss, Scorpions, uh oh, Deep Purple. Awesome. Wow. Uh, who else? Uh, Doro, Pesh, Halloween, Doro. you know, if you into the Hell yeah. um, symph- Symphony X. So all, all, all of these bands, I, I know all of them, right? I worked for them or I whatever uh, constellation I did something for. So it's going to be fun to see everybody, right? Yeah. One last time, I think. I mean, that's oh. never going to happen again, I wow. don't think. Yeah. Yeah. That- so the Kiss guys will do, like they said on the cruise, they're going to do their kind of their side projects like on the cruise. Or will, the, uh, will you think they'll do that regularly too, or just for the Kiss cruises? I have no idea. Right. I mean, it's it's that they probably don't know themselves. Right. They're just like, ah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you do? I mean, you know, yeah. you stop after fifty years and you stop. I mean. You, you, they're going to chill. You Paul's going to make pizza every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Paul yeah. paints a lot, you know. So he yeah, comes in and paints, and and um, that's his thing, right? Yeah. Of staying busy and do stuff, and they all have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, they yeah. do interviews, and Gene yeah. appears on. He's Gene is doing a, a Vegas experience. Gene will never stop. He was going to continue with making money. You know, yeah. it's his hobby. <laughs> hey man, I want that hobby. He's a he's yeah. good at it, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, jeez, they're like one of the first bands that kind of like kind of licensed their image and made yeah, made marketing like they made dolls, they made lunch yep. pails, they, made, they did all that before anyone, and that's just genius. and then you got these guys. Remember these yes. guys? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, Maiden, man. Maiden. Maiden was another big band for me. That I mean, I like. Oh my god. Maiden, Power Slave, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Hell yeah! So you—that's uh, a tour. Are, are you a? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a preference, Diano Dickinson, or you just like them both equally? Um. So for me, Iron Maiden is from the first record up until Seven Son of a Seven Son. After that, I'm like, not bad or this and that. And I I know the guys. I know Michael Kenny, Steve Harris's tech. Right. Not anymore. I think he quit. Uh-huh. But. Um, he always used to give me a demo when something came out or, you know, when before it came out, we would go to his little place here in, in LA and we'd listen to it or something, you know? Oh, that's cool. But, uh, and he has all this memorabilia from, from all the years. He was the keyboard guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, he right. was doing all those. He was the count. You know, oh. seventh, <laughs> the seventh son of a seventh son tour. He yeah. was the guy on that organ. That's Michael awesome. Kenny, you know, doing, oh, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so I always heard firsthand, you know, what's going on. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a um, traditionalist when it comes to Maiden. Right. You know, first record, I love the Diano stuff. Yeah. And I bought, I bought, I bought it. Uh, you probably did too. When that record came out, someone said, "You got? Have you ever heard of this band?" We weren't able. We were not. My English was horrible, and I didn't know how to say Iron Maiden. I said Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. You know? Have you heard of Iron Maiden? Oh yeah. And Kiss. Yeah, Kiss. Yeah. Kiss. <laughs> uh, Judas Priest. Judas. You know? oh. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Funny. The J is silent. Yeah, the same <laughs> yeah thing with, right. that was the same thing with Maiden. Like, well, my experience with Maiden was I saw, I saw uh, an ad in the local paper uh, for Killers, and it was this lady mm-hmm. with the axe. Yeah. Like, what yes. is this? Yes. Iron Maiden, I need. this zombie <laughs> guy, dead guy with the axe, with blood all over it. Like, I got to get this record. That's what sold me. It's just the image. Yep. You know, the image. And, and Derek then I Riggs heard it. His art is so yeah. iconic. Yeah. And then Eddie's just iconic. And then I heard it. I'm like, my God, this is rad. And then I'm like, oh, they got another record before this, which was the the first record Iron Maiden. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. Diano. And then I was just like, Diano is the man, you know. Then when yeah, totally. Was, yeah, when he was out, then Number of the Beast came out. I'm like, mm, all right, this is cool. You it's know, not it's, rock it's, child. Little, it's not as punk rock <laughs> or raw, but it's still good. You know, it's good music and stuff. But Diano's my my guy, man. I just I think he's just punk rock we just saw him recently awesome. he came he was back he was backstage in the wheelchair at the kiss oh, show oh wow like that's paul diano jesus yeah he was like yeah. oh no wow. it's too yeah. bad yeah yeah and it, that's just like uh just just the years of like you said you know when when you just mm-hmm. when you party when you party hard you know you, you get that's you suffer the consequences man you know you don't longevity gets cut short so yeah, that's why I'm pulling the brake, and I probably never hit it as hard as Paul Diano or Lemmy, or never. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> I'm a so, pussy. No, no, but still, it, it's you, you know when you reach better. a certain. Yeah, I feel better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, totally. I'm surprised that Lemmy survived for as long as he did. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, working for Gina, the you always on the lines. He's not yeah. a big fan of that. He hates yeah. it. He hates the drugs. He hates drug. You're not saying hate it, but he doesn't respect that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So right. It, in, it influences me a little bit. Yeah. Because sure. when I'm not on my on the top of my game, I'm gonna receive a text from him. Are you on drugs? You know, or are you drinking beer? What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. when oh. when you get, <laughs> he's like, he um. I think there was this uh, wardrobe girl once. She would op- open openly admit that she smokes before the, the sh- uh, during the day or something, and Jean fired her right away. You know, you yeah. don't say that to Jean. Don't say to Jean you're doing drugs in front of him. I yeah. mean, At least if you know ta- anything about Kiss, you should know this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he's pretty strict when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you're you're paying someone to work for you. You want them to be for the hottest brand in the world, one hundred percent, one hundred fifty percent. You know, on your at least during the show, right? Or like on a long tour. Yeah, you want to make sure you stay you stay clear headed, right? When 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 need when when you need to be at your game, yeah, on top of your game. 
Okay, guys, so I have a question for both of you. I just, it just popped in my head. What is the worst gig you've ever worked in the sense of things going wrong? And what is the best gig in the sense of maybe meeting one of your heroes or just, it was just the greatest crowd ever. And does anything like just like pop out like, oh yeah, this was just the worst thing that ever happened to me and I almost got fired or someone almost got killed or whatever. Does anything like that stand out to either of you? Yeah. I mean, for me, the worst uh, period of my uh, early touring or tech career was when I was not a professional and I worked with destruction and Shamir was always really, he was very hot headed, you know, he would throw shit around if, if it wasn't right. And um, mm. I remember we had this TV show in Braunschweig, Germany, and I was the only tech and I wasn't good at what I did at the time. I was just a roadie hanging out and throwing people off stage and maybe put some <laughs> put some guitar picks on the on the on the mics remember remember the moshing on stage mm -hmm. that they all jump on stage all the time and it was a, a big mess on stage all the time shit would fall over right yeah. and then i think i tuned his space in the wrong pitch or something and he lost his mind oh no <laughs> and then one channel would uh, one of the guitar channels from the tv station wouldn't work and it was just all the whole product was just a nightmare and and he would throw a bass in the corner. That bass is still exists. There's still the thing is still chipped off, you know. On the... <laughs> so that for me, I, I took it very seriously. And I'm like, man, I failed. It was horrible. And Shmir's yelling at me. So that I was really at the time still green, right? So those were like kind of like the horror scenarios when something wouldn't work. We're doing a Christmas metal meeting festival and then there's no no sound coming out of the rig. I had no idea how to fix stuff. You know, I don't know yeah. because we have cheap equipment, cheap cables, cheap, everything. You just yeah. show up with a couple of bags. And yeah. that was always my nightmare. Um, that stuff wouldn't work. Yeah. So even now with, with kids, sometimes I'm like, man, what if this goes wrong? But you can't think like that. So you have yeah. everything prepared. Yeah. Especially with Gene, there's no cables. You can hook him up. There's not an option. It has to be wireless, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, the best for me was, I would say when, when I got uh, an AOL messenger at the time and I had my first computer and I was like, oh, I'm connected internationally. And, and I was working for some bands in Germany and I got to open up uh, with that band and work for Dream Theater uh, open up for Dream Theater, and we were on the tour together, things like that. And then I met and you when you meet people, and they were, they like you, and they go, "Hey, this guy would actually be perfect to work for this band." And then, and then I got Maddie Schieferstein, who got me all these cool gigs at the time internationally. He got me on Dio, so then I worked for Jimmy Bain, oh, uh, nice. bass bass tech, and oh. so for me that was that was like one of those uh periods of my career i'm like oh man this is fantastic i'm doing international stuff now i'm working for all these cool bands or start working for those bands mm -hmm. and work my way out of the german scene right out of right. the european more like international. international and then i got the gig with deep purple and that for me was that was the greatest ever just Yes. I remember that first, first Deep Purple show and Smoke on the Water and the crowd singing Smoke on the Water <laughs> and Perfect perfect Strangers. And it was like in a stadium, oh, nice. I guess. And I'm, okay, this is it. I'm on the stage. Here's this Hammond organ, you know, doing the sound, right? 
man. the two Leslie's spinning, and I'm like, wow, this is those guys are amazing. John the true heavy metal dudes, you know. Machine Head and In Rock, yeah, two of my favorite yeah. records of all time. I love and EM Pace, you know, the humblest Pace. guys on drums, oh, you know, doing right. his thing back there. And I was like, awesome. wow, these amazing. these guys are so tight, you know, they're like the best musicians ever in a way amazing and band. totally and then mm-hmm. that that for me was like the highlight and this is where my career kind of like catapulted to the next kind of next level yeah and then i had one more time a similar uh for me as like being a fan kind of boy uh the first i'll never get forget the first show with kiss when i was working for tommy thayer at the time you know but handing them the guitars and or the guitar and then these guys come in their full makeup and oh my god this is it i better get I this it. right now yeah no i better you know put the strap around this thing and boom here you go see you later and then they come over with their platform right over the drum riser wow. yeah. and you're like oh my god this is a bit too much right now to, <laughs> to, to take to take in um because we just rehearsed in a small room before and the tour was already going on so i was just you better get this right, and you and you you have a few shows under your belt, then maybe you can relax a little. But um, so that was another big highlight: seeing like you want the best, you got the best husband in the world, boom, right? And yeah. and and you standing on the on the wings and kind of like, oh my god, here I am, right? So that was another big big, and seeing those audiences and everything, right? So yeah, sure. What about you? Tom? How about you? Uh, well, I think that one of my worst gigs was um it's probably i was working with machine head a uh, band out of san francisco uh, yeah i know those guys yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we did a show at the uh it's a famous venue in in uh london um i can't think of it the right. theater the yeah. astoria uh no astoria it was a little bigger uh bigger the, the one with the, uh, the, the big old... wooden backstage and they got the it's upstairs uh, the dressing mm. rooms are upstairs. There's like a long row of dressing rooms. It's a, it's kind of like a, man, you know, anyway, I don't remember it right now. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Rob Flynn's like, you know, handing the guitar and his, his guitar is supposed to ring out, you know, mm-hmm. and there was like wireless interference. So he went to hit the chord and there was silence. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 Oh. So after that mm-hmm. tour, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not working with these guys. Well, they, I, I didn't work with them anymore. He's also kind of one of those guys, maybe like like what you he's, described Shmir as, just kind of, ah. Yeah. He's one of those yeah. guys, like, oh, yeah. it's not working. Yeah. Oh, shoddy. But, uh, yeah, lose, yeah. They they can't stay cool in that moment. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. uh, the, and then one of the one of the coolest gigs was um, when I got to tech for uh, Lou Reed. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a friend. I had a friend who was drum teching and uh, bass guitars, and he's like, "Hey, man, we need a tech. Are you available?" I'm like, "Sure. What's it for?" He was oh, Lou Reed. I'm like, uh, "No pressure." Like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Velvet Underground." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Holy smokes!" All right. He goes, "Yeah, you'll be taking care of stage right." You know, uh, his name is Mike Mike Rathke, the guitar player at the time. I'm like, "Oh, great." You know, cool. So I show up and they, they already start, they were on tour already. Like you did. Mm-hmm. I went straight onto a tour. Like I had no rehearsal. I just showed up in San Francisco. All right. It was a show day. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. I was sweating. I was nervous. It was like, oh yeah, you'll be doing Lou as well. I'm like, wait, I thought I was just doing one guy. They're like, no, you're doing Mike and Lou. I'm like, oh no, the other guys. Yeah. Oh, there goes my knee. My knee started shaking. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating. <laughs> So we're setting up our sound check. I'm setting up all the gear, mm-hmm. and 
the bass tech, my friend Armando, or they call him Yogi. I don't know if you know him, Yogi Garcia. He's out of Vancouver. Yeah, uh-huh. yo, I've I've, I've um, probably crossed paths with him eventually. Yeah, for sure, he's he's in so many bands, and uh, yeah, uh, he got me into that gig. And so he's standing, he's showing me, okay, here's Lou. This is how we set it up. This is what he likes. This is where his pedal board goes. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm taking mm-hmm. mental notes, and then he walks in. I'm like, holy smokes, there he is. Like, wow. Yeah. I like had I I had to take a step back. I'm like, all right, man, focus, mm-hmm. breathe. All right, this is Lou Wildside, you know, all that. I'm like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, comes up to the stage and he's like, so he looked, I'm standing there next to him with Yogi and the production manager. And he's like, mm-hmm. he looks at his production manager. He goes, does he know how to, you know, uh, replace or uh, pickups? Mm-hmm. And then the production manager will look at me. Do you know how to wire pickups? I'm like. Wire? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. wire. I was like, yeah, I know how to wire up pickups. I can. It, change pickups if I have to swap them out I know wiring mm-hmm. and uh and then Lou would like look at his production manager uh does he know how now I'm thinking why doesn't he just ask me I'm right here you know he's looking at the production manager does he know how to do this I'm like uh, hey I'm right here mate you'd ask me <laughs> but uh I was like oh man this is not this is not starting off well mm-hmm. nervous as hell so the show happens everything goes great he's in tune and I guess he had the guy he had before wasn't really a tech. He was just kind of like an assistant at the office. So all yeah, this stuff was always sounded weird. Oh, he's always out of tune and he hated that. So uh, mm-hmm. the, the first show and then everything was in tune, everything worked. And, and uh, yeah, after that, he was like, he trusted me, you know, it took him a little, it took him a little bit to trust me. But then like mm-hmm. the, the, the following day, he was like, he goes, Hey, uh, good job. You know, uh, you know, how is it like, you know, feet in the fire, feet first, right into the fire. I'm like, well, you know, it was, I went out that, that day, sent the run out, got a bottle of Mylanta, you know, the NS, because <laughs> I needed it because I was so nervous and, and just, I wanted to make sure I did it. I did. I was on top of my game. And, and you know, I always, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, that you care when you, when you, when you care, you, you do your best job. Yeah. You try to do the best you can, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I down my Mylanta, get my nerves down. And I just, all right, well, I'm just going to do what I do. And I just try to be the best at it. And sure enough, you know, at the end of the tour, he was, um, everybody was coming up to me saying, hey, man, you know, thanks for, thanks for doing such a good job. Lou has been, this has been, this is the nicest Lou has ever been to everyone. Like he's calm. Mm. He, and then eventually he's, he was, he'd do like three, four hour sound checks. That's, that's yeah. fine. Cause everything had to be perfect. Uh. So yeah. then with that, I hate that. Yeah. So it went from like three to four hour sound checks to no sound checks. Tell me about how, when you went in the, the green room to ask what guitar you wanted to use and who was in there. Oh yeah. There's one cool, uh, one scenario. We, uh, we, we were doing a festival in, in Athens with Elvis Costello and mm-hmm. David Bowie. I'm like, Holy smokes. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of all these, these legends, you know, these icons mm-hmm. and, and music. And, uh, so I'm like, all right, it's like, you know, five, Five ten minutes before show, I run up to the dressing room, I knock on a door, and I open it, and I see, and then there's David Bowie and Lou Reed. They're standing there talking, and I open the door, and they both look at me. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, no. I forgot what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, so I said, oh yeah, Lou. Uh, and he's like, John, amazing. I say, what, what guitar do you want to start with? He goes, mm, you know, let's start with let's start with Goldie. I'm like, all right, cool. He goes, oh, mm-hmm. uh, do you know David? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no. Kinda. <laughs> he's like, oh, David, this is my tech Johnny. He's like, oh, he was, uh, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm great. It's a pleasure to meet you. 
I said, all right, well, I, I'm sorry, I got to run. You know, we've got a show. He's like, oh, okay. So he closed the door mm-hmm. and I just stood there like, wow. More my land. That was David. That was Ziggy Sardis. <laughs> I just met, uh, you know, wow. a legend. Yeah. And nice. Immediately the next day, uh, I, I got in touch with my sister, Jeanette, because she was in high school and Ziggy Sardis was, you know, the, was huge. And she, she had the haircut, mm-hmm. you know, the dyed red hair. She, she loved David Bowie. And I said, guess who I met? She's like, who? I go, David Bowie. And she's like, oh, my God, I hate you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, David Bowie. So working with Lou was definitely a, a game changer for me. It made me bring, awesome, up, my, yeah. bring up my game and like, mm-hmm. focused. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't – like I do with every gig because I, I smoke, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, usually when I start a new gig, I, I stay pretty clean. I stay clean for like the first maybe week or so until I get my gig nailed down. Then when I start being a little more comfortable and I know what I'm doing – not you can find your time it's okay yeah you can find your it's okay time. to smoke yeah you find your time when you're like okay you know i got i got this much time i could smoke a little mm-hmm. and chill you got an edibles you know yeah so that's that's and lou at the by the end of the, the my touring with lou he was he was such a good guy he was he's was really cool smart uh he knew mm-hmm. his gear man that guy knew his gear he had an ear he had this ear like i didn't know he could tell yeah. like if something was slightly off, just a hair. Like he's like, yeah. oh, my amp sounds a little funny. Could you check it out? I'm like, sure. So I go back there, look at the tubes. They're all firing up. And then like, oh, this one mm-hmm. looks like it's a little askew. Just a hair. I'm like kind of mm-hmm. make sure they're all in there. He goes, what'd you do? Sounds great. I'm like mm-hmm. I just moved this tube about a centimeter this way. Make sure it was in. And he's like, oh, that was, mm-hmm. that, was that was it. I'm like, wow, this guy has an yeah. How did he hear that? You know? Yeah. I, I worked for a couple of guys like that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. But that was that was a highlight of my career was meeting and working with Lou and just kind of like you know almost like friends in a way because once in a while he called mm-hmm. hey hey Johnny you got one of them funny cigarettes I'm like sure man roll up a dude like here you go Lou <laughs> and then he just you know we shoot the shit and talk sometimes and one one funny one funny moment was we're all on stage and the local uh, uh, promoter rep was there talking to Lou and telling him all right you know we have this and that in your dressing room this and that and Lou was like. Okay, because could you please not refer to the water closet as the Lou, right? Yeah. And everybody's laughing, like, aha. Uh-huh. And I said, or the John. Ah! And he was yeah, like, look at me. He goes, right. nah, he's there laughing. Yeah. And that's when the ice <laughs> broke. And you just kind of like, like yeah. almost like friends in a way. And it was, uh-huh. it was such a, special. such awesome. an honor just to sit there and talk with Lou Reed. It's like little things, you know, and sitting there watching him do interviews. And he's like, like just looking at this interviewer and being like, this interview's over. And he would just get up and walk away. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, was, he was ruthless that way. But like I said, mm-hmm. we got we went from three-hour sound checks to no sound checks where, hey, I was on the phone with Lou. You guys were doing sound check. Oh, I was like, great. Cool, man. You know, is he is he is he happy? Everything cool? He's like, he wanted to know uh, if that was you playing the guitar. I was like, well, yeah. You know, I was, I was, was tech. I was checking his guitar. He was, mm-hmm. and he's like, He's not coming in for sound check. He's like, he stopped. Oh, he, stopped, he, stopped he stopped doing sound checks because everything sounded, sounded so good, like how he wanted it. He didn't have to come in anymore. Johnny does well, never never brags on himself. This is very unusual. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you uh, <laughs> take credit where credit is due because you're very humble. No. So that's that's, well, that's, that's the way. Special. That's the way it should be. Bands yeah. should not come to sound check. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss never Kiss never comes to soundcheck. Deep Purple never comes to soundcheck. Iron Maiden doesn't come to soundcheck. Right. Right. There's no time for that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, these bands that do sound checks for hours on end, that's just a bunch of BS. It's a waste right. of time. It's all different anyway later on during the show. You know, exactly. I mean you can you can set the parameters and everything, but uh-huh. it will it will be slightly different. And then you dial it in, first song, boom. Yeah. If you have the right monitor guys and everything in yeah. place, right? Do you have do time it. for this? <laughs> um We'll yeah, well, um, we got like uh, probably 10 more, 15, 10 to 15 more minutes, then I got to run. Thank oh, you for your time. Okay, You're yeah, so thanks awesome. for your time, man. Yeah. I know you, no. probably got, you probably got things going on. He's a dad, a husband, a badass, a realtor, Gene Simmons tech. Yeah, you got so much You're going amazing. on. Shit's <laughs> happening now, yeah. That's we'll great. start rehearsals. We're loading in on Monday, and then awesome. next, yeah. Then rehearsals and then to South America. South America. Dude, wow. that's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be great. How long is that tour in South America? Only three weeks. Mm, three weeks. Then we come right. back. The other thing I do is I production manage the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Oh. I don't know if you ever have you ever heard of the Rock and Roll yeah. Fantasy Camp. You should check it out. There's a yes. movie. Um, there's a movie about it on Amazon Prime. Oh and gosh. if you ever want, uh, David Fishoff is the guy that hires me. He wrote this book. Um, oh wow. I probably can get you a copy of it, but this is uh, some good stuff also in oh. business in general, you know, okay. how to run a business and things like that. And I just did the a recent camp. It's like a five day thing. And uh, you have uh, rock star counselors that um, rehearse with the, uh, the campers. So there's people that pay money to have an experience uh, at rehearsal. And they rehearsed two songs. Uh, they, this was the Led Zeppelin camp, right? And so we had uh, Kim Tahil from Soundgarden oh, was there. Oh, one of my favorites so ever. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing like Q&A. They're doing Q&As. And then they rehearse. Uh, the, the bands prepare with their counselors to rehearse with Kim Tahil and then ultimately play the uh, one show at the Whiskey. That's their headline show. Awesome. Wow. So oh, there's like 13 cool. campers. And then they get to play two songs each. Uh, with Kim, and you know, and you have like Rudy Sasso. We had Carmine Apice, Vinny Apice on drums, and it's it's a whole really cool, fun uh, experience for them and an environment to play instruments. Some of those people only know three chords, and then the counselors prepare them for that show. You know, oh, so. Nice. That's fine. It's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, been the, it the con the the, the, the attend rock and roll fantasy fans. <laughs> you should. I um, would love to. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, well, we're thinking about maybe making our way back out to LA because it seems like all of our favorite people live there. His sisters live there. You live there. All our friends live there. I'm like, man, we have so many kick ass connections there. And so I think it's, uh, yeah. it's time for us to boogie. We have one more year here, my lace on my tattoo shop, and then it's time to find a new opportunity. So we're just trying to manifest that goal and mm-hmm. see where life yeah. takes us but yeah. totally and i mean john already knows the dynamic here it's mm-hmm. not like new 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 territory for you you know right. what to expect here and how how t- um how it can be right it's not yeah. the easiest right. you gotta you gotta have some income here and you gotta yeah. pay your mortgage or your rent California, and everything especially. gets everything gets more expensive yeah. you are where are you in san antonio we're San Antonio yeah, right now. San Antonio. Mm. I like having a private studio, but it was more just because of COVID. And I'd rather work with other artists mm. and be around other people and, um, you know, feed off of each other. And it, it gets a little isolating being on my own, even though my clients really prefer that setting. But 
it's a mm-hmm. little detrimental to my mental health just being alone all the time because Johnny's got a nine to five gig that he works so it's kind of like I'm ready to be to branch out and be back out with other creative people so we'll see yeah. what happens but, that's yeah. I think that will be good for you yeah and sure. there's a lot of tattoo artists out here that are good and I guess right there's yeah. a big scene here I imagine yeah. Yeah. yeah I think with with your um, skills I think you will do good. You will always have yeah. clients. Yeah. Yeah. She's always going to have clients. Well, like a lot of her clientele, are, they, most, most I would say travel. about 90, 85 to 90% of them are from out of town. They fly in mm-hmm. just to get work by mm-hmm. her and then they leave. They go home to like North Dakota or Oklahoma mm-hmm. or California or Pretty you cool. know, everywhere. You can, you can leverage, there. just leverage the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have contacts, right? It's, again, it's like a community. Mm-hmm. We want to help each other out as much as possible. It's the same um, for real estate. It's the same for your 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 stuff, and mm-hmm. same for roadies. Yeah, you know, hey, this guy's good. Maybe he's available to do this. We're looking for someone. Right. You you know, you have to think. Oh, who's gonna? Who could be doing that? Who could mm-hmm. we call? Right? Yeah. Call Burger or call John. You know? Exactly. See if exactly. see if he's available. Right. Yeah. Oh, someone wants to buy a house here or sell his house. Ah, call Burger. Yeah. Hey, keep me in mind <laughs> for your rock and roll clientele if they need any furniture. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Um, you know what? I haven't been on your website as in how to order it. I I'd like to look at it. I just do everything. And I I manage everything on on my own, but custom. Yeah, mm-hmm. just all just all custom. But on my website, I have portfolio of everything that i've made i need a coffee table eventually with something what cool. would you get yeah. michael i was gonna yeah, ask you that's... what would you pick oh uh, that's a good question you know i mean right? why not kiss right hell yeah that's what i'm talking <laughs> about how about a table with schmear a big schmear face on it just like check this out <laughs> <laughs> how about like, oh, you know, oh my god he's probably got so much cool stuff man. Ew, I wonder this what one cool books are how about this one Yes! Yes! Oh my god. That's the table. That's the table. Yep, that's a legend right there. That's classic. Awesome. That that was the classy one. That was the first one. That's the first one, huh? Remember where they did that photo shoot and some that area where that was on a cemetery. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I would be honored to make you something anytime, so just let me know. That's killer, man. Yeah. You got Les Paul from back there. Is that uh was that something? Yeah, that's no, that was um, actually that was in a show in my showroom, and I uh, was Sweet. repping for for Angle Amps. It's a, All right, uh, mm-hmm. it's a um, standard, but it has the robot tuners on it. Oh yeah, um, the automated one. But I wanna I wanna get rid of them. But yeah. it's a '59 style. You know, it's got this super fat. Wow. Gorgeous. Neck. It's it's like cuts your blood flow off if you have it right here. <laughs> so how it's many really tables he- do you need? No. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's really heavy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a couple other guitars, but they are packed away because here I don't have that much room. So that's a gorgeous guitar, um, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, this it's very nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. This one I have out. Uh, Steve so Morse cool. Steve Morse from Deep Purple gifted that one. I was going to ask if anyone had ever gifted like, you a guitar, and you. Yeah, that's it. Wow, that's, so cool. that's a it's a Y two D. That's a signature model that he used, and I went up awesome. to the Ernie Ball Factory, Music Man, uh-huh. and uh, I was uh, picking 
the, the neck and the wood and everything. It was super, super nice of him to do. And so just pick whatever you like and grab it. That's wow. And so cool. Then, uh, that's a nice guitar. Yeah, all this cool stuff he has, man. It's Michael's so, so cool. I, I knew you guys would be friends. Y'all are the talking, about, uh, talking about the purple, that's Roger Glover's um, um, Vigier bass. Wow. You know, it's a French wow. company, but that's a signature model. Right. He signed Beautiful it. Color. He signed it back here. Oh, oh wow. Oh, <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah. Look at that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see him here shortly. Really um, amazing. Yeah, I, I gotta go grab something on that note, and I know you gotta go, but I gotta share a real quick deep purple story with you. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean Steve Morris, how was he? I mean, this guy's a guitar, nice guy, guitar yes. legend, you know. Super nice, and but he know he knew his he knows his stuff, you know. Right, Obviously, right. he's not in the he's not in the band anymore now. Right, right. Okay, they got so a new guy, Simon. Back on for this. Check this out. So since I was a little kid, I had been going to this record store here in town called CD Trader. I bought yeah. some of my first Kiss records, first metal records. I try not to whack Johnny. With mm -hmm. This is a one of one wow. hand carved, um, you know, wooden sign, right? And so this was, it was always hanging in the record store. Uh -huh. Maybe. And so behind the counter, and I was always like, I have to buy that for my dad. Please, how much? Name your price. I'll save my money. And the guy's like, not for sale, not for sale. It was made for me. 20 years later, whatever, the uh -huh. owner of the record store passed. And um, the shop was shut down. His wife took and sold all the records. I wound up meeting up with his son years later, and um, I was like, Gordon, whatever happened to that sign, Deep Purple, or that carved mm -hmm. Deep Purple sign? I, I have to get that for my dad. That was like my goal in life was to get that for him. And he goes, oh, it's at my house. You want to trade a tattoo for it? I was like, yes! And so- Wow, he nice. Up, he, and he, he never even got tattooed. He wound up gifting it to me. So Deep Purple that's is awesome. one of my all-time favorites. So yeah. everything really in a circle. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It's a great band. Thank you so much for your time. You are so awesome. Yeah. I just, I had, I was standing at the Starbucks and the, on the Kiss Cruise and Michael goes, oh, King Diamond. I was like, oh yeah, you like King Diamond. He's like, I did the Abigail tour with, with Destruction. And it was just like a immediate friendship. Some people, and that's how it was with Johnny and I too. Like some people you meet and you're like, you're my people, you know? And I, yeah, I totally, I agree with both mm -hmm. of you and we're just, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah, we're really honored well, to. Well, talk to we're you. now officially friends. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We'll it's stay. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. It's a, a pleasure to meet you, man. Um, Likewise, you're John. You're a legend. Yes, I mean, you you've done are. so much, and you work for so many great, great people. That's really cool, man. And then, and your success is well deserved, man. That's that's amazing. You work hard for it, and you know to get where you're at. But it takes, like I tell Britt, I go, uh, you know, work being a crew guy, working on a crew, touring. That's that's a breed, you know. It's a it's a breed mm -hmm. of people. You can't not. It's not for everyone, you know. You got to be tough. a certain certain kind of person to be able to, like you said, you got to be thick skinned. You got to be yeah. able to take criticism and not go in a corner and cry Don't like, oh, personal. this guy doesn't like me, you know. You just gotta, you know what? Good. This 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 gig's done. Tomorrow's another yeah. gig. I'll just be do better, you know. Try to do my best, you know. So. Especially when you have a seven foot monster coming over to you. <laughs> the demon. Dripping and blood and come, come over here. Come <laughs> That's so cool. That's so you cool. better not be sensitive. You're a brave yeah, man. Exactly. You're yeah. a very brave man. <laughs> you, you're just kicking back. 
kicking back. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, hopefully we will see you at um, several of the end of the road tour uh, shows. Yes, for, for sure, Austin and hopefully Dallas too. All the Texas shows. Maybe yeah, we'll be able know. to fly out to one of the other shows. But we would, we we will be at, at least one or two of the gigs. Yeah, we'll get you sure. some VIP treatment. Okay. Ah! Awesome, amazing yeah. oh boy. Make and it happen. Well. Amazing. So if yeah. um, anyway. Thank you again. Yes. Can't Thanks thank again. you enough. Thank you, guys. You guys rock. Thank you so you much. Rock. All right. You're, you're Stay awesome. in touch. You rock too. Thanks. Will... Have a good day. Oh See you soon. Man. Have a good day. Bye. See you, man. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Thank you guys for listening. It's been an honor having Michael on the show. Yes. He was great. He's great. Uh, all of the awesome stories that he had, and it's really cool to see that. He still has uh, like a side hustle, even though he's Gene Simmons tech. He's like working super hard. That's how we are too. We try to put these things <clears> out and talk to our friends and edit everything. We do everything ourselves and we just want to um, hang out and spread the word about mm -hmm. cool stuff and keep rock and roll alive a little bit. Yeah. And he's a, he's smart. I mean, having a, having a side gig like that, the side hustle. Yeah. Cause the, the touring industry is so it's not, I guess the word is volatile. It's not, it's not certain, you know, like you'll, right. have, you'll have two it's months. It's not all year three round. Months, yeah. Yeah. Three months, four months of good touring and then just dead. So mm -hmm. uh, having that time off and doing something like something else is a smart idea. And he's a very smart man. He's uh he's awesome, man. He's got yeah. some cool gear. He's met some cool people. He's worked for some very cool people at, at Deep Purple. Working with Deep Purple is awesome. Ah, so awesome. Oh, yeah. Badass. Some of the most legendary bands. Yeah, so just... cool. You guys are such cool people. Oh. Oh. That's You're so cooler. Cool. Oh, I don't know. Yes, you no are. Way. So that was really cool talking to you, Michael. And yes. thank you guys for tuning in and listening. So next time, we are going to take some questions. Our next episode will be some album reviews. Yeah. We've got, some, we got tons of vinyl that we picked up in the last few months, and uh, we want to give you our opinions, I guess, on them. Yeah, and, so uh, yeah. if you have any suggestions of albums that uh, we should review, or yeah. if you're like, yeah. hey, this band is awesome, or whatever... Let us know and let, we'll check it out. Yeah, there's so. so much music out there. I you know, know. I want more. Or if you have a kick-ass band, send us yeah, a record. We'll send you something true. back so we can be pen pals. So, yeah, yeah, let us know. That'd be great. Cool. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for watching and tuning in or listening. If and you're watching or, our silly and, video. And or slash and slash or listening. Check this out on YouTube if you want to see Johnny's awesome edits because he puts in a lot of funny <laughs> videos and stuff. And wow, sometimes I'm really impressed by your editing skills. Thanks, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. But it takes a while. That's why we only come out with one podcast and every few weeks. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> so thank you. Please subscribe to our channel and like our videos. Thank you, Michael, for being on The Haunted Chapel. And thank you guys for listening. Yes. Stay heavy. And stay haunted.